Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I'm an editor at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, as always, from sunny South Beach, senior writer Jonathan Strickland. She had actual squirrels in her pants. <laughs> we got served. Two guys in the park. Yeah. Clearly, you know what episode I'm up to now. Yes. And you're right. It was awesome. And those of you, uh, there, there are several of you out there who know exactly what we're talking about and will be very excited that Jonathan has jumped on the bandwagon. And you guys are also awesome. <laughs> so, Let's anyway. talk about something that's totally not awesome. Yeah. Yeah, this is definitely not awesome. This is, um, you know, from time to time in the podcast, we tackle issues of privacy and internet security partially because um, they're relevant. There are things that a lot of people want to n- learn more about. Yep. And partially because I think, uh, if I may speak for you, Jonathan, I think they're issues that are, are important to both of us personally. Sure. Uh, that, that we're very interested in and want to uh, to keep an eye on. And, so. there's, and there's still a very casual attitude among certain segments of the, uh, the population that use the internet uh, toward privacy. Yeah. And I think some of it is just a lack of information of the sort of things that can go wrong if you do not protect your privacy. So let's we'll stop dancing around this. We're specifically going to talk about the breach of security within the PlayStation Network and uh, Curiosity, which uh, is Q-R-I-O-C-I-T-Y. Yes. That's uh, one of uh, Sony's online services. And there was a, a breach uh, that happened between April 17th and April 19th, 2011. Uh, and I, I want to stress this. Today, the day that we are recording this is April 29th, 2011. Mm-hmm. The reason why I say that is because hopefully by the time this podcast goes live, the PlayStation Network will be back up and running. Uh, it has been down since the 20th. Um, so uh, you know, 10 days in, and counting of, of no support from the PlayStation Network. So all that online support is gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, people cannot play online games. And some some games they can't play at all even uh single player local games they aren't able to play for for certain titles because those titles ref- rely upon the PSN network I'm just that's redundant but the PSN in order to uh to update information on things like trophies and things like that and so games that that tie into that that rely upon that network they do not run uh, when the network's down. So there are some single-player games out there that just won't work on the P- PS3. So as a result, players are understandably upset. And they're upset for multiple reasons. One, the network's down. That was the first thing that upset people. Because when the network went down, there was very little information from Sony about the reason for taking the network down. Yeah, as a matter of fact, um, I remember uh, a story just a few days ago before it came to light what was really happening. Yeah. Um, that... Uh, one of the, I only read the headline, I admit. Uh, they were saying basically that Sony's customers were actually not quite as irritated as they might have been. Now, granted, at that point, the network hadn't been down very, as long as it has now. It's, yeah. you know, still out. Yeah, it's going on um, more than a week now, so. But, but, you know, Sony's fans are known to be very, very loyal and outspoken. Yes. Uh, which I think is, it can be a good thing. Sure. Um, and I think basically it surprised some that, people weren't more concerned at the time. But again, I think that's 
probably because it, it hadn't uh, been released that hackers were involved and they had apparently uh, managed to gather up some personal information. Yeah, so let's let's talk about kind of what Sony said at the beginning. At the, the very beginning, when the PlayStation Network went, went offline, uh, Sony essentially uh, uh, issued a message that there was going to be some maintenance on the network and that yes. uh, it was going to be back up between 24 and 48 hours. Well, part of that wasn't a lie. Right. Or or actually, they probably didn't intend for it to be. Well, I'm sure they did not intend for it to be uh, down longer than right. 48 hours. Right. So they weren't weren't outright lying. They just right. didn't know. But uh, right. it was due to maintenance. Yeah. But they the way it was worded, it sounded like it was a planned oh. maintenance well, sort of issue. Well, of course. I mean, if you, again, um, I like to get people to think from the other side of this. If you're PR, yeah. uh, corporate PR, you're one, and it's something that they can sort of obfuscate about, they can sort of muddy the water about, they're probably going to try to do it to make themselves look as good as possible. Yeah, you don't want to say, hey, guys, our security was breached, and we don't know what the extent of the problem is yet, uh, and our network is down as a result of that, so just chill out. Because it may have turned out that, yes, security was breached, but nothing went beyond that, right? right. And, and if that were the case, if no one had had a chance to access any private information or or anything along those lines or fiddle with uh, the network sure, sure. then Sony Sony it would it would benefit Sony to just leave that little bit out because if no one managed to do anything then there was no real harm done to the end consumer apart from a couple of days of the network being offline right like the uh a few weeks ago when we were talking about the data breach that happened here in uh, the United States with a number of uh, loyalty marketing companies. There was yeah. one provider that they used um, that that got hacked into, and Epsilon, all, Epsilon, and yeah. all they got from Epsilon really was names and addresses. Although there may have been email some, addresses. there may have been some um, account. Not not like uh, not like credit card information, but loyalty like, account information. Right, yeah, so like they know a, the kinds of things you buy. Right, or or it may or a, a number that identifies you for that particular system. Like right. not a not a credit card number, but say you know you are like when you join a a club and it says you know you are member number four seven eight nine three. Well, that yes. four seven eight nine three is might be associated with you in that account, and they may the hackers also have access to that. But that has limited. Usability. Yeah, and that's not to say that it isn't serious, because it is serious, mostly yes. because it can be used to target uh, spear phishing attacks. These are very directed phishing attacks where they say, hey, Jonathan Strickland, member number 47183, mm. uh, we need to get your information. We don't have your social security number on file. Yeah, can you please just you- type that in this little box? Exactly. Ha, ha, ha. I mean. Or visit this website, and as it turns out, the website is not yeah, the it's, corporate website. It's, it's a different website. It's just uh, there to to steal as much of your information as possible. Well, at the time, Sony wasn't sure exactly, exactly. what what extent the attack had. Uh, you know, how far did the attack go? Mm-hmm. So rather than cause alarm, Sony said uh, the network was down for maintenance and that it would be back up twenty four to forty eight hours while they conducted an internal investigation. Uh-huh. So you could argue that Sony made the wrong call. And that Sony should have said that there had been a breach and that there was the possibility that there was more than just a breach of security. Uh, but on the flip side of it, Sony was, you know, wasn't sure how bad it was. Once Sony was sure how bad it was, they did come forward and say, all right, 
our network is down due to a security breach, mm-hmm. and it appears that the hackers have accessed uh, at least the personal data tables. These are the the tables within the network that uh, that have all the the user information, mm-hmm. uh, things like your name, your address, uh, your um, uh, the the country of origin it might be uh, your email as well um your PlayStation network password and login information uh the handle that you use on the PlayStation network um it might also include your purchase history and billing address if you've used the PlayStation network to buy games or or mm-hmm. content within games mm-hmm. um but those tables did not include the credit card information. The credit card information were stored in separate tables, which may or may not have also been accessed. And here's the big difference between those two tables besides the content. Mm-hmm. The credit card table was encrypted. Right. The personal data table was not. Right. So there's actually – it's kind of um, – it's actually a little painful to read, but there's a a, a – Frequently asked questions document on PlayStation where they it addresses the actual outage and and what happened. Um, and there's a specific bit here. Let's see if I can find the particular question about uh, uh, whether or not the personal data was uh, encrypted um, because they kind of dance around it. Let's see here. You want to you want to dance while I do this? Well, um, I could tell you that I, well, I was about to talk to. Uh to you about the fact that um, just yesterday, again, as of the day we recorded this on the 28th, uh, Stephen Musil of CNET wrote that um, there have been messages circulating that hackers have claimed that they do, in fact, have credit card information and it is for sale, that they offered it back to Sony, but Sony refused to buy it. Um, And the information includes... Uh, not only the credit card numbers, but the uh, expiration dates of the cards and the CVVs, which are the the numbers on the back of most credit cards or the right. the front. Actually, it's not a CVV on an Amex American Express card, but it's the same. It fulfills the same purpose. Security like, code. Do you have the security number? And, so, uh, so they claim to have that, but it has not been established whether or not that is legitimate. I would guess. I'm guessing that that's not legitimate. And the reason why I say that's not legitimate is because Sony does not collect the security numbers. That and Sony collects the expiration date and the actual credit card number, but not the security number. So if someone claims to have all that information, Mm -hmm. they didn't get it from Sony. So where did they magically get these security numbers? I call shenanigans on that claim. Exactly. Well, you see, um, you know, if you have a couple million dollars and you want to buy this database, I'm sure they'll sell it to you. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I've also got a bridge that yeah. I'd like to interest <laughs> you in. But exactly. I, I did find the the specific section in the the frequently asked questions document on, at PlayStation's um, uh, supports area, and it was was my personal data encrypted? Here's Sony's answer: All of the data was protected, and access was restricted both physically and through the perimeter and security of the network. The entire credit card table was encrypted, and we have no evidence that credit card data was taken. The personal data table, which is a separate data set, was not encrypted, but was, of course, behind a very sophisticated security system that was breached in a malicious attack. So, all right, Sony, come on, guys. Uh, It doesn't help your case at all to say that your security system was incredibly sophisticated if once the stuff has already been stolen. 
Right. Right. I mean, that's like a bank coming out and saying we had the best security measures in place. The burglar stole everything. I mean, it doesn't no one cares how sophisticated your security was if, in fact, it was breached because clearly it was not secure enough. Right. I mean, it's obvious it wasn't secure enough because if it were secure enough, no one would have breached it. Mm-hmm. So arguing that your security was really sophisticated doesn't impress anybody once the theft has already happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, you know, like I said, it kind of danced around that question. Uh, you know, they, they didn't just come out and say, no, we did not encrypt your personal data uh, until it got pretty far into the answer. But yeah, so that personal data is all out there and it's available. And in my opinion, that personal data is far more valuable than your credit card number. Yeah. And and here's why. So yeah, getting your credit card stolen stinks. I've had I've had my credit card number stolen once before mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's a pain because yeah. it means that you you have to you have to uh you know, you dispute the the charges, you have to change your credit card, you have to get a new card, you know, there there may be trouble disputing some charges depending upon your credit card company and and all that mess. And this stuff can affect your credit rating and it's a real pain in the neck. But Ultimately, you're talking about probably a few hundred dollars. If you're paying attention, it may not even be that much. Right. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's still a lot of money to a lot of people, but it's not as much money as thousands of dollars or tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Which is what can be stolen from you or stolen within your name should someone be able to steal your identity. Right. And when you think about it, these, if the personal information includes your name and your address and your birth date and all of this sort of things, uh, people could start to use that to try and, uh, and apply for credit cards in your name. Yes. And then that's where you really start seeing some nasty, nasty hits. I mean, your credit rating could plummet as people take advantage of that and steal your identity. Yes. And speaking as someone who's had to do it, it's very, very difficult to, uh, go in and try to clean up your past credit history, even when it's not, um, you know, they're very, the the credit agencies are very protective of their information. Um, And of course there are people who would love to go up and go, no, no, it was, it was, uh, it was hackers. Um, You know, so they, uh, uh, you know, I would imagine that they are just particularly concerned that people are lying to them, but it is very difficult for, even for those who can offer, you know, more concrete proof to go in and, and make changes. Yeah. So, um, but even though, um, getting back to Sony specifically, sure. um, I think in a way they, they did some things right and they did some things wrong. Obviously the, the way they handled it with regard to the customers, uh, especially in the eyes of the customers leaves a lot to be desired. I've seen many, uh, complaints about that and there's, there have even been lawsuits filed at this point. Yeah. And we'll, we'll talk, we'll need to talk a little bit about those lawsuits because there's some, there's a recent Supreme Court ruling that might actually bear upon that. And there's also uh, one other element within the terms of use that I would like to address as far as the, the lawsuits are concerned. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we can, we can totally do that in just a second. I just wanted to mention though that Sony did in fact, uh, call in an external security auditor Mm -hmm. to take a look at the practices 
um, and and did shut the networks down as soon as they realized that there was a serious problem. Yeah. And uh, the reason it's taking so long, at least according to to Sony, is to get everything back up online. Is they're changing the security structure of the site, which right. and I think that that's an excellent thing. And they're going they're to require it. they're going to require everyone as soon as they reconnect to the network to change their password. Yeah. Um, and th- that's something else we should point out. If you are if you're practicing good security. First of all, you're in the you're minority. in the minority. Most people don't. I know there's some people out there who are our listeners who claim that they do, and that's great. I'm glad. Fantastic. The rest of you uh, are probably doing the same thing that almost everyone's doing, which sure. is that you use maybe maybe a handful of passwords. Some people just use one, and they use it across everything, and they might even use the same username across everything. In which case, if someone has access to your name your email address, your username, and your password, and you're using that same password across multiple platforms, all of those platforms are now at risk. Uh, that means the hackers who stole that information could, in theory, access your accounts across multiple platforms. That might include email, social networks, other uh, services. So you want to make sure that you're using multiple passwords, make them difficult to guess, uh, don't just make it a variation off a password that you're using over and over again. Use mm-hmm. a strong password generator if you need to. Yeah, um, that's what I do. Yeah, those are those are excellent. There's there's a couple out there that you do things like, for instance, you want to create a password. You 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 put in the URL for the uh, the website that you're going to use. You can actually download code that'll allow you to do this, and you can even turn your computer offline so that you know you don't have to worry about it broadcasting this anywhere. But you put in the URL for the website you plan to visit. You put in a master password that this is the same password you're going to use for every single site. But it, using the master password and the URL, it creates a hash of that and creates a strong password based on that. So then all you do is put in different URLs with the same master password and it'll generate its strong password for you. You create your accounts that way using that strong password. And if you ever forget it, all you have to do is go back into that program. You know, again, disconnect yourself from all the networks if you want to, but go back into that program, type in the URL and your master password again, and it'll, the same strong password will pop up again. Yeah. Yeah. Now I have a, uh, I have a password wallet that I use that will generate passwords. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I have the app on my phone and iPod and there's a plugin for my browser. So mm-hmm. it's that, that actually goes into the database and everything is encrypted. And if I, if I do happen to lose my phone, the, uh, uh, and somebody else gets it and, and breaks into it, they have to, they won't find out specifically what is in there because they would have to actually get into the password app too, which requires a separate and more complex password. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, uh, th- these are, these are good ideas, but, uh, it doesn't change the fact that, that Sony customers are very upset. Not only that sure. they got, uh, that they, they weren't told about this, but that they're in, on top of that, you know, that's really insult to injury. Uh, having their information taken. And a lot of people are upset that they can't go back in and change their username and password on the network because the network is down. Yeah. yeah. Uh, of course, if no one else can get in, I would argue that that's not quite as big a deal. Yeah. At this point, you should really be concentrating on changing your password everywhere else. Yes. Like all the different emails and, and social networks and all the other services you use. If you use that same password, you need to change it. Um, you might want to put a fraud alert on your credit report. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Those can be a real pain too. Just because if you start using your credit card and you're, you know, you're out of town, 
then you may end up getting a call from your your bank or credit union every time you That's try to use okay. it. But yeah, compared, I'd have that compared to yeah, that it's it's inconvenient and it's a pain in the butt, but it's less of a pain in the butt than dealing with the fact that someone has stolen your information and is. Uh, using your card without your um, approval. Just as an aside, yeah, uh, I've I've heard recently, very recently, that the people who steal credit card numbers now are not. And and you know, if I were stealing credit card numbers, I would think that I would want to do things as quickly as possible, right, to avoid, uh, you know, the person I stole it from changing their to, credit card. To, yeah, to call in and say, Can't hey, my credit, you know, my credit card's been stolen. Um, but in a lot of cases, uh, when when Apparently, when this kind of thing happens, they don't run out and buy lots of big screen TVs and designer jeans and all sorts of other cool, fun stuff, computers, video games. They they go and they buy stuff for $20 mm-hmm. or $30 because it doesn't go noticed. People let that kind of thing slide on their car. They go, wait a minute. I don't remember going to Best Buy and spending $25. I'm, I probably bought a movie or something. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, I'm sure it's, it's just 25 bucks. It's no big deal. That's the thing that they've started to do. And that's very insidious. Right. Because they could continue to do that and continue to hold on to your information and take money from you for years. Well, like we said, though, credit cards, that's cheap in the long run. Oh, yeah. The yeah. long game, the credit card is nothing. Uh, in fact, we had a security expert come and talk to the editorial department at How Stuff Works just as part of our, we have this ongoing lecture series where we get to listen to various experts in different fields. And this security expert was talking about how credit card information is cheap. It's, it's, you know, it's like 15 cents for a credit card number. And it's because, uh-huh. it's because there is no guarantee that credit card number is going to be good for very much longer. Mm-hmm. Um, what's valuable is the personal information because that's where you can start to, you know, you you create your own credit card based upon this person's identity, on that person's credit rating, and you have all the billing go to information go to a different place. You don't have to worry about paying for it. You're just gonna run that up as much as you can, and that's where you make the big purchases. Yeah. Right. So, and and ultimately, the person whose name is attached to that number, that's their credit rating is going to suffer as a result. And that's where you really have to worry. So again, even if the credit card information wasn't touched, that personal data is very important. Now, they, the, the hackers would lack certain information that would really make it useful, like your social security number. That mm-hmm. part is not in your PSN uh, profile. Sony does not ask for that. So for that reason, Sony has alerted users that they should be on the lookout for any spear phishing attempts. Yes. So... Sony has said it will not ask for personal information through email, just like most retailers and organizations will say the same thing. They will never ask for your personal identifiable information to be sent over email. So if you Mm -hmm. get an email from apparently Sony that says, all right, we're ready to reinstate your PSN profile, but we need your social security number in order to do it. That's a red flag. Yes. That's a, that's a sign of spear phishing and that the person who sent that is probably just trying to gather as much user information as possible to sell it off to whomever. Right. So, um, we, we said this a few weeks ago. Yeah. But basically any reputable company who values your business and, and may actually need some of this information for legitimate purposes, mm-hmm. le- legitimate real world companies are not going to ask for you to mail that in or to send it in over um, a network because basically at this point they all know that these kinds of things are going on. It's always better if you have any questions to give the company a call at the number listed on its legitimate website. Go to the website yourself. Don't click on any links in those emails and 
get the phone number or use the one on your bill or whatever to I to call and say, hey, did you do you actually need this information? Talk uh-huh. to a customer service representative and say, you know, I'm happy to, you know, hopefully I'm happy to give you the information you need if you need it. Right. But I believe this might be a, an attempt to get my information. And if so, you guys need to be aware of it so that, you know, you can maybe message out to people that there are these kinds of attacks. Yeah, yeah there's going these on. threats out there. Um, and yeah, I've, I've actually had my information stolen. It wasn't actually related to a tech thing. Somebody else that I did business with, um, had a, a person on the inside who was, uh, selling information. Yeah. About yeah, that people. can happen. That's essentially, you know, sabotage is really what that comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, if you were, if you were in a situation like this, either through the, the, uh, PlayStation Network or some other company, you want to make sure you keep an eye on your, your, uh, credit reports. And in the United States, you can do that. Um, you know, I believe there is, there's a law in effect now for everybody that you can get one report a year free. Yeah. I believe one, one free credit report from each of the, the credit, yeah. uh, companies. And, um, and those would be, uh, Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you would definitely want to keep an eye on that. Um, some states, like the one we live in, allow you, I believe, two reports per year. You can sign up for services, uh, that will allow you to check it as many times as you want to. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, there's usually a, a pretty decent fee associated yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've talked, I, I've, I've heard information from some of the, uh, consumer, Protector folks, mm-hmm. can't think of what you call them, uh, like consumer watchdogs that say, yeah, you know, you do need to keep an eye on your credit, but you might not need to spend $20 a month to keep an eye on your credit every day. Right. Um, so, you know, just, just be wary of that. Certainly, uh, if I were affected by the PlayStation Network, uh, fiasco, I would, I would certainly change that credit card number immediately if you yeah. haven't already. Yeah. Hopefully you already have. Yeah. And, um, I, Changing credit card numbers today is even a bigger pain than it used to be. Sure. And the reason for that is things like when you set up recurring payments for stuff. Yes. I mean, as we make these systems simpler to do all your your payments online, then we have to remember, oh, I changed my credit card number. I have to go through every single billing service I use and change my information there or else I'm going to default on a bill. Yeah. Yeah. Pain in the butt. But still – Still better than having your identity stolen. But um, for Sony, though, this is going to be a real he- headache for yeah, quite some time. Sony's got this is going to be cost Sony big time, and it's going to cost it because there are between seventy and seventy-seven million users of PSN. That's and a lot of people. That's a lot of people. And to uh, to update the security information is it's this is a major investment mm-hmm. uh, to to fix this problem it's almost like creating the network over from scratch and they have a huge blow to their reputation because not all of those users are necessarily going to be willing to come back after having their information stolen like this they they aren't and new users might rethink joining because of this breach and so they may say i don't want to put my information in the hands of a company that has shown itself incapable of keeping it protected. Well, I would, uh, I would go out on a limb. We, it's a long ways away now from our prediction episode. I would go out on a limb and say that Sony, the thing that saves Sony in this case, if anything does, is that, uh, amazing loyalty that PlayStation yeah. customers have. But I, I still think a lot of people are going to be extremely upset and quite a few will probably drop out. Yeah. And this is, uh, again, by the time this podcast goes live, there may very well be mo- many more developments. Maybe we'll know exactly 
who was responsible for these attacks. As, as of this moment, we don't, we can't say. Sony may have an idea, but Sony's not letting everyone know, which right. is, makes sense, right? Criminal I mean, it's an investigation. investigation. Right. So by the time this goes live, we may have more information. I might have to come in with a, a breaking news segment at the end and kind of update. <laughs> but, uh, but as of the 29th of April, we should uh, also mention, you, you talked about the fact that there's a, a class action suit or some yes. lawsuits being uh, levied against Sony. Yes. I've seen one right. so far. Uh, there was an interesting news report I saw that said that um, because of a different uh, suit that was brought forth uh, to the Supreme Court, um, there was a, 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 a class action lawsuit that was brought against a phone company. Um, a Southern California couple uh, levied a lawsuit, uh, began a class action lawsuit against a phone company because they were they had a, a fee of around thirty dollars tacked on to their cell phone mm. um, bill or cell phone purchase, and they uh, said that 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 was an unfair bill and that it wasn't uh, communicated to them and that they were that essentially that the company had stolen that money from them. So. Started a class action lawsuit. In a class action lawsuit, it's like a uh, when you get a whole bunch of people who all have been affected by the same, well, if the if the court decides it, the same crime, mm-hmm. and they all are seeking uh, damages against a company for that crime. Now, yes. uh, normally, the money in a class action lawsuit for each individual consumer is pretty low, right? Uh, and that's why you want a class action lawsuit. You want a lot of people banded together for this because. It, it doesn't make any financial sense to pursue this in uh, small claims court because you're going to spend way more money in court than you would reclaiming whatever it was was stolen from you. Right. But together you can pool the, the costs and, and actually bring a suit. Yeah. And, and lawyers love them because they get a little bit off of each and every transaction. And if yes. there are, if there are millions of people in the, in the lawsuit, that, that's big bucks. It's it's very weird though uh, when you're somebody who didn't actually bring the suit and you get the letter in the mail and says, "Hey, you're, you're yeah, since you're a so and so customer, you're part of this class action lawsuit. Here's your five dollars. Yeah, dollar forty nine. Here yep. you go. Um, and then you're like, hey, I won five dollars. You don't even <laughs> think you don't even think of whatever it was that was the purpose of the suit in the first place. Yeah. Uh, but the in this case, the cell phone company or the said. That they had within their terms of use a, a a statement that prevented people from bringing a class action lawsuit against them, oh. and that's what was being taken to court. The challenge of can you have something in your terms of service that that will prevent the uh, the ability of a class action lawsuit being levied mm-hmm. against you? Mm-hmm. And the Supreme Court upheld that five to four. Wow! So if you are a company and you put in your terms of service that you do not. Uh, allow class action lawsuits to be levied against you for whatever reason. Apparently, that can be um, that's up, uh, upheld by the Supreme Court. That doesn't mean that that's permanent. And of course, that's just the United States. Not every uh, c- country does this. Not every yeah. country allows class action lawsuits. Actually, so um, it's not it's not a done deal. But also, uh, there was I saw someone mention that Sony has a uh, statement called the limitation of liability. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you read that paragraph in their terms of use, uh, it says – I'll just read the, the part that pertains to this. We have to throw in some more legal language we need to protect us so that we can provide you the benefits of the sites. In no event will SCEA, its officers, directors, employees, shareholders, representatives, or agents be liable to you for any direct, indirect, 
incidental, special, punitive, or consequential damages whatsoever resulting from any, and then there's a list of, of criteria, but the one that pertains to our discussion is C, any unauthorized access to or use of our secure servers or any and all non-secured personal information. I saw someone su- suggest that maybe that would give Sony an out in this case. Right. I don't think so. And the reason why I don't think so, now granted, I am not a lawyer, so... This is just Your based upon, may vary. Yeah, this is based upon my understanding of the English language, right? So they said all non-secured personal information. But this is secured. Yes, this in information fact, they say was it's encrypted. In, well, the, the credit, credit card, card is encrypted, but the personal data they don't know that the credit card information was taken in the first place. But the personal data they do know that someone uh, that was that was one of the targets of the attack. So the and argument so, might be that it wasn't secured. Right. So, well, they, they would argue that maybe they might argue that their, that information, that the liability means that they are free to go. But right. because it says non-secured personal data, you know, they specifically said in, uh, in that, in that fact that I mentioned that the, the, uh, that it was restricted both physically and through the perimeter and security of the network. Mm-hmm. They were very specific to say that this information was behind state of the art, sophisticated security system. Yes. So I don't think they could argue that it was non-secured personal data. No, probably not. Because in their own statements out to the customer, they said, no, 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 no. This information was secure. It's just these people were really good and they managed to breach the system. Yeah. So. I don't think Sony can avoid uh, a lawsuit based upon that criteria. Now, there may be that there's other information buried within the terms of use that would would uh, protect Sony from that. But in that particular paragraph, I don't think it applies. Yeah, it sounds like it. But I don't. It's certainly going to uh, to this is going to dog them for some time. Yeah, I believe, yeah. especially on the heels of other missteps they've made over the past few years. Well, and and that and the fact that it it came on the heels of the Epsilon breach. So people's attention to security, uh, online security has already been heightened. Yes. And to see this happen shortly after that, that breach became public mm-hmm. was really bad news for Sony. And also I have to say, you know, Sony's strategy of not coming forward and saying that there was a breach early on, that probably has hurt them quite a bit as well. But there was no way of knowing at the time that it was going to hurt them. Right. It's just that in retrospect, you sit there and you, you come forward and say, oh, it's just down for maintenance. And then a couple of days later, you say, all right, there was a breach. Then people say, well, we how how can we trust you as a company if you're going to um, uh, you know, lie to your users? Now, you could argue that Sony had to do that in order to conduct its investigation in as uh, uh, effective a way as possible, because you know the more information Sony gives out, the more firepower they give to the the attackers. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's a scale there. When I meant mis- when I was saying missteps, I was specifically thinking of the rootkit situation yeah, yeah. from a few years ago, which we mentioned on an earlier right, podcast, right. and they were very, um, oh no, nothing's wrong. Okay, so yeah, there was this rootkit. Sorry. Yeah, I've seen I've so seen it's kind of the same thing. I've seen some. Journalists out there say that Sony should at least actually offer an apology to users. Uh, there's a lot of we regret that this yeah. information was stolen, but not an outright we're sorry. Yeah. Right. And that a we're sorry might go a long way. I'm not sure what Sony's thought, what the, the executives at Sony, what their thought process is. I know that if I were an executive at Sony, I would probably if I were not issuing an apology, it would probably be because in my mind uh, that would be. 
accepting even more responsibility for the breach. Right. And that might in turn look bad to shareholders. Yeah. Because we have to remember that for companies, they have multiple kinds of customers, right? Mm -hmm. There's the customer like me and myself, you know, or Chris – they're, we're we're customers of, of various uh, companies where you know we're purchasing goods services, or services, yeah. uh, but then there are customers like the shareholders who own a stake within that company, and to serve them, you know, you have this delicate balancing act. You, you, there's only so much responsibility you're going to be able to lay claim to without making the shareholders say, you know, maybe this isn't the right company for me to invest in. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's um. It's a dirty world out there. <laughs> it's a dirty, dirty world out there in the in the financial sector. So, uh, guys, be careful uh, with your personal information. You may need to keep an eye on your accounts. Like we said, uh, change your password if you're using the same password everywhere. Really try to consider using multiple passwords. I know it's a pain in the butt. Yep. But it 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 def- does pay off. I mean, it's it's much better than finding out that all of your accounts have been compromised. Um, and yeah, just be careful. And uh, we hope that the PSN system is back running by the time this podcast goes live and that everyone's having fun with Portal 2. Uh, that was a big bummer. Portal 2 launched, has this awesome online gaming component, and then the network goes down. Yep. Yikes. So I'm just going to go and play on my Xbox. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, if you want to know about other in, uh, news stories within the tech world and you kind of like to hear some more context around it or you just have a particular subject you think that we should tackle, let us know. You can contact us on Facebook and Twitter. That handle is techstuffhsw. Or you can send us an email. That address is techstuff at howstuffworks.com. And Chris and I will talk to you again really soon. Breaking news, everyone. So this is Jonathan Strickland just coming back with some stuff that's developed since we recorded this podcast. Uh, Actually, a lot's happened. First of all, the problem was bigger than anyone thought it was at the time. Uh, The Sony online entertainment accounts were also compromised, which added another 25 million or so accounts to the 70 to 77 million accounts that have been compromised. So that makes about 100 million accounts total. Of course, there's probably some overlap there. So that was a big problem. Uh, then around the beginning of May, Sony said that they were going to roll out an identity theft protection program to all PSN and Curiosity customers, which would involve having a, a, a year-long program that would allow uh, the, this company called All Clear ID, uh, actually that's the program name, to cyber monitor your information. And if your information was being used for nefarious purposes, they would alert you to it. You could also have uh, some ready uh, access to private investigators as well as some identity restoration specialists to try and fix things once they go wrong. And there would be a $1 million identity theft insurance policy on all accounts. And this was complimentary. Uh, PSN uh, players would have to enroll in the program, but it was completely free. Then, a little later in May, Sony announced that the new PSN rollout was going to to take place. This is around May 14th. And that uh, at this point, you would start to see restored services in online play, uh, online video, online music. All of these services were starting to come back. Not everything under the PSN network. Sony said that that stuff would be rolled out by the end of May. But we'd at least start to see some of the the service returned. And sure enough, it started to get rolled out across North America. 
So then Sony announced a welcome back program for North American customers. Uh, PS3 owners would be allowed to select two titles from the following, Dead Nation, Infamous, Little Big Planet, Super Stardust HD, and Wipeout HD Plus Fury. Now, PSP owners would be able to select two titles from the following, Little Big Planet, Mod Nation Racers, Pursuit Force, Killzone Liberation, and that this offer would last for 30 days uh, uh, since the PSN uh, service was restored. And it was completely free, and you get to keep the games forever. Uh, the You would also get a, a 30-day PSN Plus uh, membership if you were not a PSN Plus member before. If you were a PSN Plus member, you got an extra 60 days free of that service. So Sony was really trying to do a lot to apologize and make up for the lost service uh, during the whole hacking incident. However, on May 17th, Nylevia website reported that there's a possible problem with Sony's solution. Now, part of that solution was that Sony wanted everyone to go in and reset their passwords for their accounts to make them safe. But Nylevia reported that there was a nasty hack going around that would allow hackers who had access to your email and your date of birth to reset your password for you, thus effectively stealing your PSN account. And uh, they they had some detailed information about this that they later went back and removed and dumbed down so that uh, to to help cut back on on actual st- thefts, uh, they did point out that if the hackers did not have your email or date of birth, they could not perform this hack. But since that information was hacked in the initial attack on Sony, there was a good bet that a lot of hackers out there had access to that information. So what Nylevia suggests is that people who are PSN uh, users go in and change their email address, create a new email address just for the PSN network, and use that, update their information through PSN, so that the hackers would not have the right email address and could not steal your account. Meanwhile, Sony actually took down the web-based service to change your password so that uh, hackers could not access that and 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 change it for you. So it's still a big mess, even at the recording of this update. Sony has not yet returned that web-based system to reset your password uh, to full service. So we'll keep an eye on it, see if things develop further. Uh, this has just been an enormous headache for Sony. They've been trying to do the right thing, trying to to make it up to users. But uh, it's definitely a blow against online security in general, identity theft, fears, uh, all of that has really taken a a big hit as a result of this hacking program. We'll keep an eye on it. We'll uh, update anything that happens from this point forward. Well, you can check it out on the blogs. You can check it out on our Facebook and Twitter feeds. And we may even do another podcast about a similar topic in the future just because this has become such a huge story. So thanks a lot, guys, and we'll talk to you again soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. To learn more about the podcast, click on the podcast icon in the upper right corner of our homepage. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you